Well, good morning and welcome to the Monday Main Point. Uh, I'm going to be your host this uh, this go around on Monday. Uh, so I'm Jeremiah and I'm, I'm uh, joined here by our senior pastor, Jeff McCarthy, and our children's pastor, uh, Blake. Y'all continue to pray for uh, Jonathan. He is uh, still on the road. Uh, I was talking to him yesterday about 5 p.m. and they had just hit uh, Illinois uh, or in Indiana. I don't know. One of those two, it was like their sixth state. I think there was, it was, I don't know. I don't remember which one. Somewhere out there. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere out there. direction. Pretty much the same. Uh, they were trying to get on the, uh, they were trying to get all the way to the other side of St. Louis last night. I think they did. I didn't get an update, but uh, I had talked to them so much that day. I, I didn't bother them again last night, but um, y'all just pray for them. Uh, we're excited for them. Uh, but we are, we're just going to jump right into it, and I'll jump right into uh jeff preached a message he preached it on baptism but i'll start with like the kids talk because that's kind of where we started yesterday with worship so in the kids talk he basically just described and kind of explained what baptism is and then in the sermon he used jesus as an example and a pattern for how we should like go about doing baptism and why you should do it and uh so that's kind of the thing but then uh, the object lesson of the kids' talk was uh, that we got to have seven uh, baptisms. So three adults and four uh, kids. Uh, so that was really exciting. Uh, if you if you haven't got to see it, um, I'll honestly just turn the podcast off right now. Put, put that on pause. It'll be there when you get done. Go back to our Facebook uh, live. Uh, it's all there. Um, I have to rewatch some of them because I, I missed the kids' one. So... Um, but it's all there. Go watch those baptisms. Uh, listen to some of the stories. And then, of course, uh, if you're a member of Rosa Sharon, if, if you attend here, uh, get to know those uh, new members, those new believers. They'll tell you more about their story. And we might talk some about some more of their stories, maybe fill in uh, some gaps, uh, some things that we know and, and we kind of saw in their lives. Because uh, during the service, you only have, you get a limited amount of time. There's There's some nerves going on and there's some... Uh, just logistics things that we're, we're trying to think about so um, you don't get to maybe do as much as we want to but we did want to we did want to make it special for those individuals but most importantly we, we want to make sure that we're uh, glorifying and honoring Jesus that it's not about the individuals per se uh, but that those individuals have made a commitment to follow Jesus and and they're making they're taking kind of that first step in obedience especially as new believers um, uh, in baptism. So that's kind of where we are. That's kind of brings you up to speed um, as far as what we did. So I'll just, I'll throw it to you guys before we get to actually Matthew 3. There's a lot of cool stuff in Matthew 3 that I, I kind of want to bring up. Um, uh, but before we get there, uh, just talk about the service and the excitement. Like for, for me, I think Dale actually said it. He's like, dude, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of white teeth today. And yeah. basically what he's saying is there's People are happy. They're smiling. Like there's excitement, um, and I, I could feel it. I don't know if y'all could feel it before the service, oh, but for sure, I, the morale was the mor- the morale was definitely up. And for for me, I was I've been excited all week. Um, I will say, being new to like, I've only baptized like one person before yesterday, and that was my <laughs> brother. <laughs> so I never baptized anybody here at Rose of Sharon. So yesterday was fun just for me to be able to get to baptize. 
um, get to be able to baptize some people. And um, one thing that I really love with our kids' ministry is we had some kids that were here when I first got here, which was three years ago, and some newer faces that been here for less than three months now. So it's good to see how the Lord's working in everybody's lives, and it was a it was a really big encouragement because we're seeing the fruits of our labor here. Yeah, and you know, and, and normally when someone gets baptized, uh, whether it's an individual or a couple of people, uh, they usually we we want them to be able to invite their friends and coworkers, family members, stuff like that. And so, so normally on a baptism that Sunday that we have, uh, we'll have you know maybe another six or eight people here that come to witness their their loved one's baptism. Well, with yesterday, um, with four four different families, I think you got Amy and Dale, and then Ashley and her kids, and then Peyton and Carter. Yeah. Um, so then those people had had invited friends and family and then those people came and so um so it was kind of like um it was a lot of people here a lot of visitors uh, many of them do go to other churches stuff like that but it's just the excitement of of seeing that that people are putting their faith in christ and they're following him in a commitment and you know coming from the pandemic we were in where some seemed like we couldn't really do anything and is god working and moving in people's lives we're realizing that he is in so many ways you know clear example would be like amy and dale you know all through the pandemic um you know they they uh couldn't go to their church and so they started watching us because they had been coming here on wednesdays and then so through just watching and hearing and then when when it opened back up they started coming and there was no pressure put on them you know, I was I was really excited to see them and happy to see them. And of course, Becky's their neighbor, and she's talked talks to them a lot. And she was telling me, you know, they're coming, but they hadn't really made up their mind yet about church. And you know, and so so just through the preaching uh, and the imitations given, and us explaining our doctrines and baptism stuff like that, then they were convicted and they came forward. So so I think to me that more than anything else, it just shows that. A lot of times we don't see what's happening, but God's still moving and working. And and if we're not careful, we get caught up in all the negativity or the bad circumstances, and not not knowing that God's really doing something underneath. And so I think it was just a good shot in the arm for us as a church to kind of see God moving in a way, because it's none of us have done it. Right. It's all Him, and so it's just exciting when that happens. Um, and with you two guys, y'all are both real new hit baptizing and so uh so it kind of had a little bit of stress added to it but that's good too because we're not perfect and that added to the service that you know yeah we made some rookie mistakes and we did some stuff like that but you know that's what people like if you're up there and all polished and you know you're set in a in a way i think that takes away but when you're just you're just an everyday person saying hey we're in this thing together then people relate to that better, I believe. So. Sure. Which I want to, I want to actually talk about that for a second because part of my stress, I, I was very stressed beforehand. Part of my stress is because we're we're millennials, and mm-hmm. I know that's like a social media cuss word sometimes. <laughs> but uh, it's not that we like to buck tradition, right, or right. to push back against tradition per se. Just but, to push back. You know, yeah, not just for not the sake of pushing back. back right. But 
millennials and me, just me, I'll just talk about me personally. I'm not going to talk about all millennials, but me personally, I want to make sure that we're not doing things just because we've always done them that way right. and and just kind of make it feel like it's just we're we're coasting or we're just kind of cruising, just going with the flow. I want to feel like everything we're doing is intentional and and, and that's me protecting myself from, from just kind of going through the motions because I know sometimes I get lukewarm. Sometimes I go through the motions. So I want to think through things like, hey, how can we make this not just be formal and ritualistic, but do it in, in a way that the Bible, I think, we obviously want to use the Bible as the pattern, and, and that's why going to Jesus' example uh, is so important. Yeah, uh, But for me... I just I didn't want to be too formal, but I wanted to make it special for each individual and not just like because because I heard a lot of, of this kind of talk and, and it's excitement talk. This is the way you should talk. But they were like, hey, today's the record seven, seven baptisms. And and uh, and, I, and I, I kind of I, I kind of last week I was kind of using some of that language this week. I was like. Hey, but I don't want to. I don't want this to just be a statistic. Right. Like we're just right. focused yeah. on. And I don't even know if that was the record or not. So yeah, I have no idea. I don't even know who was yeah. saying it, but I just yeah. I in my mind I don't recall us ever baptizing. We were actually going to do eight, but it wound up being seven. Yeah, I know we've probably done about six before, uh, but again, it's I'm not I'm not a numbers person. Yeah. In fact, you know that's one of the things that. Even though I am, in a way, because you have to be to be organized and all, I'm not somebody that's going to stress numbers. Yeah. Now, do I want to know right, if we're having attendance and things like that? And do I want to see people be baptized? Yes, but I'm not going to be one that's, you know, set this goal. We're going to have 20 baptisms, and then all of a sudden you're trying to convince people to do something yeah. just to get the number. Right. So, So, like I said... For us, because we're not really number stressors here, when it does happen, it's better to me. Yeah. Because it's you just sit back and go, okay, <laughs> you know, yeah. we're, we're not prepared for this, great, but God's going to do it anyway. Because if, if it was something that we really tried, I'm in, and I don't mind baptism Sundays and all, and I know our convention stresses that a lot. In fact, they were trying to have a student baptism Sunday before everybody goes back to school or right after or something like that. Um, they did like but, a field the tank last year. Yeah, like that. and you know we we promoted it, but we didn't really, we really didn't. To me, it's almost like um, you, you can have those things, and and there's there's, no, there's nothing wrong with that if it works for you. And I know in big mega churches, a lot of times they have to do that when they're like, okay, we're going to do a baptism Sunday. Everybody needs it because because it's just hard to keep up with that many people and all that, but. But to me, um, if you're promoting Jesus and lifting him up, that's going to take care of all the other stuff. Right. Yeah. But if you're promoting like, hey, we're going to have this big day, then you're promoting the big day. And so then the next year, you got to outdo that day. And then all of a sudden it becomes a numbers game as opposed to saying, okay, if God's working and moving, let's just let's go with that flow and ride it as long as we can ride it. And hopefully, it, you know, it, it will speak to other people, and other people make decisions Catches about flying. what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So what I what I like about what's going on um, is, as I remember hearing a famous pastor, he 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 said some something like, um, "We we have a business meeting, and we have people. We give an invitation because." 
people are are because what's happening is during the week his people are going out and and he is going out and talking to people and there's VBS and there's other events and so uh, they go ahead and give an invitation even at the end of their business meetings uh, because because it's not just about the moment that Jesus is working on Sunday mornings. Mm -hmm. And the reason I bring that up is because, uh, one, we haven't baptized her yet. We're about to, maybe even this Sunday, maybe, um, uh, this coming Sunday. Uh, But she came forward at our talent show. Yeah, Jack. And she was like, I'm ready to to get baptized. And and, and that's an encouragement to us as pastors um, because we know conversations are happening outside of Sunday morning. I mean, they're obviously happening in life groups and they're hap- happening at VBS and they're happening at camp and and friends are, are inviting and friends are telling others. And so right. we can have a talent show and and know that, that people can come forward because they've already made those decisions throughout the week. And, and most of you know, I think, that we, uh, we typically go and make house visits about the time when when kids especially are ready to surrender their life we work with the parents but then um there was parents and there's there there's adults that want are getting saved and wanting to do baptism so we're we're meeting with them throughout the week and i just think like y'all like we keep saying like god is just moving like and he's always moving he's always working but it really feels good when we when we get to see it with our own eyes and i think one at least for me i i pastored six months before covid so i don't know if there's any correlation with it but going through covid baptizing and seeing people saved is a lot to me sweeter now to see because there was a time it just felt like nothing was going on hardly, especially like for kids ministry because parents were concerned for the kids not bringing them and make you know trying to make sure they don't get this virus that everybody's freaking out about and you know this worldwide pandemic so just to know that like two years ago there was hardly anything going on now two years later kids are getting saved adults are getting saved it's a church-wide thing now to me it's it's really great at least from my perspective, because really all I know so far is pastoring through a pandemic. <laughs> so coming out of it, I think it's I think it's a lot more awesome now for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. I don't know. If... Not that it wasn't sweet beforehand. Yeah. Because I mean, I've always loved. Well, you were limited at what yeah. you could do, and if if you don't have people here, like y'all started your Sunday night thing, which gave you more opportunity to talk to kids and youth right. about the gospel, about their life, about commitment to Christ. So the more of those opportunities are there, the more people here, uh, then they can respond. Uh, but when we were shut down, I mean, we were limited on anything we could do, really. If they, sure. if they weren't watching yeah. the pot, the uh, the, uh, live stream, live stream. Yeah. we didn't even know if they were hooked in or not. I mean, right. a lot of times our parents were, but we didn't know if they were sitting there at the living room watching it as well so so it gives you a better opportunity to talk and i I can't remember the stat but there's a certain stat that that for somebody to be saved they have to hear the gospel a certain number of times and and it's not like some people can hear it the first time they ever hear it and they understand it but a lot of people it may be like you know a hundred times but there's a there's like a medium range and i'm not really sure i think it Uh, might be seven because i 
I think I heard that. I think it's even more than that. In evangelism class or something. Yeah. Maybe 10, something like that. I don't know, but they'd have to hear it and be able to comprehend it at least, let's say, if it's seven times before they're able to really even begin to make a a commitment to Christ. So so giving those people those opportunities, then that opens up. uh, And then adding camp, children's camp, uh, helped out a lot too. Um, And, you know... The way we do our preschool, uh, when we do the when we do the little chapel with them every week, the kids call that church, and so a lot of them would tell their mom, "I want to go to church," yeah. and what they're saying is, "I want to go to where I go to preschool," yeah, and so that that opens the door for some. I wish it would open more, but um, so so we see the fruits of that too with these these recent baptisms as well. For sure. Yeah, and and let's let's just talk VBS for a second because. <clears throat> If I'm being honest, we were, I, maybe maybe I should just say I, I was concerned at how that was going to go this year. Yeah, I was too, <laughs> believe me. <laughs> I mean, I mean, at first off, we, we, were, we had scheduled it for August, and then we had moved it back to June, right. and so that, that kind of felt like we were behind, and then we lost, we lost a lot of our, like, core, core people. Workers. The week before, uh, it was going to go down, and I was oh, like, man. "I'm telling you, it was a logistical nightmare." Yeah, starting out. With so it, I, I began praying, out. like, "God, <laughs> uh, please, like, your prayer life kind of changes. It yeah. it change, It should have been like this to begin with. Like, right. hey, God, work in spite of us." And I can see it. Like, I wasn't mm-hmm. even here, right? Uh, and so I'm so thankful that that God worked through VBS and worked through all those people, and I wanted to. Uh, I didn't know how it would go and how long it would take and all that, but I wanted to from from the front to just have everyone raise their hands if you were involved in VBS. Yeah. Because yeah. I think we would have saw like 80% of the church. Because I would have rose, rose my hand because I was involved with pre-planning, cares yeah, on the, the team yeah. and all that stuff. So it's not just people who were right. present at VBS, right. but the whole it's a whole church effort mm-hmm. to highlight and to promote Jesus, right? And so if we did anything right, and I'm putting right in in air quotes, right? right? If we did anything right is we focused on pointing to Jesus. Yeah. And that was it. And we did this thing last night with the with the students, and I was reminded of that verse that says that my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect through your weakness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, it just... I'm reminded that God works sometimes in spite of us. Not that we were working against Him, because right. we were not working against no. Him. <clears throat> but sometimes we have plans; those plans fall apart, and we think, "Ah, this is not going to be good." But then God works anyways, and and it's our job to just continue pointing <clears throat> others to Jesus and to promoting Jesus. And so, like if you do, if you do a talent show, make sure at, at some point and in some way that points to Jesus, right? right? Um. So yeah, I and was, I, I like that you bring up VBS because actually somebody who kind of helped kind of get me back on the right track, kind of comfort me a little bit, was actually Jonathan. And I hate he can't be here, so I can say it to his face here. But um, I we were talking with him, and just because we had had a lot of tragic stuff happen, and then a lot of people then got COVID that week. It just it was like one thing after another. So we probably had ten to twelve core workers just for the listener to know, we probably had 10 to 12 core workers that just couldn't make it. 
Um, and for a church that's kind of like our side, that's a lot of workers. That's a lot of workers. Um, and I was talking with Jonathan. He's like, you know, trying to come up with contingency plans. And, and he was telling me that, uh, you know, he was just praying that morning. He's uh, He just kind of felt a peace. It's like the Lord's going to do what he's going to do. And even if it's one day at a time, we're just going to keep on keeping on and have at it. And I'm like, all right, you're right. <laughs> you're right, because I was, I was all discombobulated, stressed out with trying to find replacements. And so, but it was nice because through our weakness, because we were definitely all kind of weak at the time, yeah. uh, the Lord definitely worked. So I think that's a great verse to wrap that back around to. Yeah, and that along with the pandemic, I just think that those things reminded us of like, hey, you can scale back like way back and just get to what's important and just focus just be good at that yeah. be good at the things that are important yeah. and if you struggle in the other areas that's okay just make sure you're getting the main you're keeping the main thing the main thing and so that's I think I kept saying that throughout the pandemic like hey let's just focus on we can still worship Jesus for like, sure we may not be able to do it in the building we may have to do it outside we might have to do it over here we might have to do it on a TV right but no one's telling you you can't worship right because that's the main thing we want to keep the main thing the main thing and so yeah um, we can kind of transition to talking more about uh, Matthew 3 and Jesus' example which is where the sermon was uh, Sunday so I'll do like Jonathan does, and I'll just read the text to you from the ESV. Uh, I think it was probably the New King James that you read on Sunday. NLT. Oh, NLT. I'll read it from the uh, ESV because that's what I have in front of me. So Matthew uh, 3, uh, I'll read 13 through the end. So 13 through 17. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan uh, to John, that's John the Baptist, to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And I'll start. Uh, Jeff had two points. Uh, one was on uh, the example. I want to get this right. So the first one was on the example. Mm, Jesus Second, set the example for all future believers and followers. And then he set the pattern for the all future pattern. believers and followers. So example and then pattern uh, for all, yeah, for all followers. Um but what I what I found interesting, and I know this from from studying the New Testament, is that this account of Jesus' baptism actually shows up in all three of the synoptics and John. Yeah, John in the scripture I read Sunday yeah. mentions it. It's not like the uh, narrative of the yeah. heaven, but but he does reference it when Jesus shows up and mm-hmm. he calls him the Lamb of God. So uh, which points to him telling his followers to follow him now. But yeah, so in fact, when I was looking at some of the background on it, um, they say that that um, scholars agree that that this happened because uh, um, because of because of it's it's located in all four, yeah. referenced in all four. And it's that whole um, John Jonathan's the big apologist, so it's the whole uh, 
um, thing about embarrassment that if this wasn't true, I mean, we all know Jesus is sinless and all. Why would he be baptized? Yeah. So for this is really is, is it embarrassing to him that he's going out there with these sinners to be baptized. And so they, they say that makes it a strong case that this was a historical fact mm. uh, when you look at the Bible. So so that's very interesting. So that brought up the whole question then. Because what, what, what started was um, you, you mentioned Jessica. She came forward because she had talked to us before. And uh, she's, you know, uh, unless you grow up in church, you've been in church, you don't really understand how church works. And so she uh, talked to Jonathan, I mean, uh, Blake and I, and um, we met with her. And so we taught her if she wanted to, wanted to uh, follow Christ because she had made a commitment, but she had never been baptized and that, that she would need to come forward. And so we had told her that. And so we had that Sunday that, that morning and... Um, and she didn't come forward. I think uh, that's when Ashley and her kids came that morning. Mm. And we were doing the, uh, somehow or another, we were doing the panel shows, whatever that Sunday that was. Yeah. But they were going to come back that night. And I said, and as she was coming out, I was like, did you just not, not remember or whatever? She said, well, I just didn't really know what to do. I said, well, I said, she said, but I really want to get baptized. I said, well, you know, I'll get with Jonathan. And after the talent show, I'll just have a, way for you to come up because we can present you there yeah and so so that's how that happened well when she came forward that's when Dale and Amy uh, talked to her that night and then after they've talked to her they come to me like um, we've really been thinking about this we feel like God's convicting us that we need to be baptized with believers baptism and we're like okay <laughs> and that, that so I'm like set up a, a day where Jonathan and I can yeah. go talk because they had a lot of questions and they really didn't understand a whole lot about you know baptism means you know you, you, you're making this public profession but also as a Baptist it's your entry into the church and so we got a chance to talk to them so um, so from that then that got me thinking about you know Jesus' baptism and I never really had really studied why. I just took it for a fact that he just got baptized. I mean, there's no really reason to question it because John questioned him and, yeah. you know, he gave the answer right there. So I never really delved into it. I've delved into baptism a lot and the doctrine of baptism, but never why Jesus got baptized. So that gave me an opportunity to, to get into that because I knew there'd be a lot of people here. Maybe a lot of them would have the same kind of questions or similar uh, stories to people that were being baptized. And... If he's our pattern, really, and he's our example, then then whatever he does, then we should do. And so that should settle the case, not, you know, doctrine or uh, beliefs or tradition. Uh, now, I didn't go into a lot of um, the weeds of um, Anabaptist history and um, the reason, you know, I could have gotten to the reason why they did infant baptisms because it was... Because the infant mortality and the way the church tradition was, they were telling people, your children need to be baptized because if they die, they're not going to be part of the church. And then the other one was that uh, a lot of places the water was scarce. And so instead of finding a place to baptize someone, they, they would take whatever water they had. It was either sprinkle or pour. And that became church tradition too. So those two church traditions were part of the Catholic Church and then the Reformation churches that were just trying to reform the Catholic Church continued those same traditions and they have a lot of covenantal theology and things like that to go along with that but but for me that wasn't really 
the sermon to go into all that, that's more of a discussion you would have with somebody that's struggling with, with that whole idea. Right. My thing was, okay, well, if this is Jesus and this is what happened, then show then how, how his baptism then points to everybody else after him what we need to do. And yeah. I'm I hoping that I did, did that uh, in the sermon. Um, and so that's, that's kind of what I did and then did a little bit of the context with, with, with John, of course, why they came to John to begin with. Uh, you know, he came for a baptism of repentance and then they were confessing their sins. Then they were baptized by immersion, and then Jesus shows up. So, yeah. and so I'll I'll turn it back over to you guys. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll nerd out maybe at the end uh, yeah. with some of the cool <laughs> some of the cool things uh, from this particular text, like the Trinity first off, and yeah. some other things. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. I didn't really get, I didn't go into the weeds on all that. Too. Yeah. I was my main focus was okay. Why did he get baptized, and why is it important to us? And why should we follow him? Right. Yeah. In the same way and pattern that he did. So, yeah, that's why I brought up, like, the importance of this text that all the synoptics listed, right? And even John mentions it. Like, that. that is something that's pretty rare in the Bible. So when that happens, you want to kind of pay attention to why, why did they all feel like they had to give an account? Why did they want to make sure and put this in there? And I think part of the answer is uh, they they might have been struggling with baptismal regeneration, which is is that doctrine that baptism saves you. Well, if baptism saves you, then why is Jesus getting baptized? And so I think that's kind of what we talk about, Jesus setting the example for what's to come. And, and if there's anything... Uh, uh, if y'all get to know Del and Amy, please ask them to tell you their story. But when they were telling me and we were just talking about it, they, they made it a point to say a few times, they didn't say it just like this, but they were basically saying, we want to show that baptism, that our baptism is our choice, first off, it's my choice, but that it's it's a, a symbol of what's already happened on the inside. So an outward expression of what has already happened to us on the inside. Meaning that they were already believers. And so uh, we believe in believer's baptism, meaning that you're a believer before you hit the tank. Yes. Uh, and that this is an, an act of obedience and a symbol, of, of, uh, a symbol of, of what's already happened to you. And, and essentially, if you're a new believer, um, it's the first kind of public proclamation of... Now, not that you couldn't get saved on Sunday and go tell your friends on Monday, right? That would be a public proclamation. But this is like the official public like inauguration of your relationship with Christ. You're going public with it. Like you're all in at this point, And it symbolizes your entrance into the community. Another thing that Dell and Amy stressed was like, hey, we, we know now that we're a part of the body. We're, mm. we're, not, we're not the body, but we're a part of the body of Christ. And so uh, just so good to see all that from kind of this text, knowing that Jesus goes into the, the waters of baptism. I think he's just sharing what's going to happen to him as a symbol. And I think that's what baptism is. And so... Um, it's not about because uh, it's easy 
it's very easy to say, have you been baptized? Right? Because if you've been baptized, the assumption in a Baptist church is, oh, you're a Christian. So if you've if you've done the baptism, then we know you you at least made a profession of faith at one point. So we ask the question, have you been baptized? Well, that kind of brought with it some baggage, right? Mm. Because then people equate baptism with the thing that saves you, and it's not. So I know I kind of nerded out a little bit. No, you're good. And I like that you say that because I, I notice that a lot in kids because they'll come to me and they're like, hey, Pastor Black, I want to be baptized. And... Not many come and say, hey, I want to be saved at first. Yeah. A lot of them come and say, hey, I want to be baptized. I want to be baptized. And I'm like, well, there's a really important step before that. And they're like, oh. And so that's where – so I think in a way – Yeah, when we get those questions, by the way, yeah, I, it feels like – and this is not bad. It feels like it's kind of our job to talk them out of that. Like, yeah. Cause if kind of we, like what John was trying to talk Jesus yeah. out of it. And I've done that myself like – well, why do you want to be baptized? And yeah. Then they start telling you, you go, well, well, first, you know, well, my friend did or my mom wants me to or whatever. Then those are wrong reasons. That's yeah. kind of like what I was talking about yeah. with my testimony. Because I'm sure I probably went up and said I want to be baptized. That's probably what I said. Um, and so, yeah, so it's important to ask them the reason why. Why? Why? I mean, just like I asked, why did Jesus get baptized? Okay, well, why are you wanting to be baptized? And if they're not, they're not ready... Uh, then you gives you an opportunity to talk talk to them about the gospel, and then uh, even at that time they may not be ready. Yeah, uh, and I feel as a pastor, I should not give them a false assurance if they come up and was like, "Hey, I want to be baptized," and they give whatever reason, and we're like, "All right, let's do it." And I not ask the important questions before about you know, well, are you saved? What are the you know, to see if there is a good reason for them to do that. I think if I were to follow through with that, I would give them false assurance. And when you give people false assurance about their eternity, that can be a very bad and, thing. And like for like vacation Bible school, when we do the uh, faith commitment time, we'll say that, you know, uh, this this is important for you. And if you're ready to receive Christ and you want to follow him, become a Christian, then, you know, in just a few moments you have that opportunity but if you're really serious about it and something you've been thinking about, um, then then in just a few moments, um, I'm going to get you to come with me, and then I'll go talk with them further. But I don't say uh, my invitation to the children is, if you want to be baptized, yeah. um, in just a few moments, come talk with me. Because mm-hmm. then that, that emphasizes the baptism part, and what kid's not going to want to be baptized, you know, and so uh, that's why I do that. And so then the next step I get on the make after they pray with me and everything is like, all right, you've got to tell your parent tonight. You got to tell somebody, and then they need to talk with me. Yeah. And um, and so if they come to get you and you want to talk to me, come out the door and say, hey, I talked to my mom, and now then we'll follow up even more and talk to them more because we really want want to make sure they understand and know. Yeah. And then that's when we introduce baptism after we get their salvation where it needs to be because I'll tell them so then we'll talk to your parents about whatever the next step may be the next step may just be meeting with the parents yeah. and the parents say well they're not ready mm-hmm. um, or the next step may be they're ready they understand it they want to be baptized but it's still the parents responsibility to say um, yeah my kid's ready or or um, I'd, I'd rather them wait a little bit longer yeah. because the whole thing is um, 
that's really what we're, we're not here to pressure people. And I think, I think when I made the comment about the numbers and all, because we don't emphasize numbers, we're not at that point where we're trying to get people no, to be yeah. baptized just for numbers sake. I would say we actively work the other direction. Yeah. Cuz cuz I was always taught that if if I could convince someone into something, mm-hmm. someone else will just come with a better argument and convince them out of it. Right. Hmm. Um and so it's really me like like with Kaylin and with some of the others like you're almost talking, you're trying to you're not playing devil's advocate. I hate saying that. Right. But you're almost like, "Hey, asking them the tough questions because then you can kind of discern, like, all right, this person doesn't really get it. Uh, they're not really ready. But it also them, they're like, ah, oh, you, you know what? I didn't think about that. Maybe, maybe I, I haven't thought this all the way through because that's what Jesus, I think, is talking about when he says you should count the cost of yeah. discipleship. Like, he's like, what builder gets a plan set to build a house, right? And not that we're building a house or there's plans involved or whatever but this is what jesus is talking about you count the cost like you don't just start building and hope hope you get to the destination you want to think about the cost of discipleship and and honestly the cost is to give your life Mm -hmm. which which is part of baptism right part of baptism is you go under the water immersed in the water um which uh, I think you said this. Baptism, that the word baptizo or baptism just means to immerse. Right. It's Submerge a or overwhelm. Yeah. So in other words, you're 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 all the way under. Yeah. So which leads to that which, pattern part, which is if you're gonna do it, yeah. <laughs> do it the right way. Right. Yeah. Uh, because clearly it is symbolic of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. So then now Jeremiah is saying, "I following Christ, I'm dying to the old Jeremiah, yeah. and I'm rising again to live for Him." That's the cost of and, discipleship. And, and so, to me, it's really the only picture that makes sense because mm-hmm. the Bible's filled with uh, sprinkling. In fact, the sprinkling was the blood was sprinkled on the altar, but that's not baptism. Right. That's sprinkling of the blood. That's a whole different. Yeah. Um, the anointing of the prophets and the kings that was poured out on their heads. Again, that's not baptism. Yeah. That's a different thing. And there are so, so, words for those things. Yeah. And so, so it's not like baptism know. to do it biblically and scripturally in the New Testament way. Not because we're Baptists, but we believe we want to be fair to Scripture because yeah. there's plenty of non-denominational churches and other churches that aren't uh, part of the Reformed uh, category. That do immerse by baptism because they see that's the biblical way too. Mm-hmm. And in fact, even some uh, churches I know of some Methodist churches that were more conservative one time would would allow people to be baptized by immersion as well. So, um, but but most of those were people that uh, were older when they made a commitment instead of someone being uh, baptized as a child. So I think. The, the mode, the pattern um, has a clear symbolic picture to it, just like the Lord's Supper would yeah. not make sense if it's not bread and wine. If it's, you know, tuna and yeah. lettuce, well, that doesn't mean anything. But the bread and wine is symbolic of the body and the, the, the blood that was broken. I mean, those symbols show something in the same way with baptism. It, it, it clearly is... And especially like when you have that window, 
you're actually seeing the person go under the water. Like if you're being baptized in a river, you see them go in the river and come back up. Yeah. But you, you actually see that, and yeah. it looks like you're being laid in a coffin. Yeah. And if you have your arms like that, uh, and I'm putting my arms like somebody laying in a coffin, yeah. coffin but uh, it, it looks like a, a death, and you're yeah. being buried and raised again. So I thought that was the, the reason in throwing, showing through the Scriptures, showing the pattern, Showing how they did it was the way to help people see that that uh, if you're going to follow Christ, be obedient. Not because I'm trying to tell you to, but because this is what Jesus did, yeah. and this is what the uh, New Testament pattern is. And so, uh, if you're convicted about it, then take care of it. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're not saved. There's going to be plenty of people that are in heaven that never got baptized by immersion. Yeah. You know, some on their deathbed, others that maybe uh, didn't want to um, get rebaptized, even though maybe their baptism wasn't uh, their own decision growing up, or or maybe they made a false baptism growing up, but for some reason they don't want to get baptized again. Uh, you know, my my brother that got saved before he died, he didn't get baptized. Um, so I like so. The- so that so it doesn't necessarily mean your your salvation is any different. It's just that if you are able and you can do it and you're following Jesus, then it is the way to tell everybody my old self is dead and my new self's come back. To well, I like that you use the thief on the cross example. Yeah, because he, I mean, obviously he didn't have a chance to be baptized because he's right. nailed to a cross. But so I'm glad that you brought that up because that's always yeah that's a scripture that I use, especially when I talk with some of my Church of Christ friends, because they also believe that you have to be baptized to be saved or to go to heaven. And I'm like, well, what about the thief on the cross? Jesus is clear, you will be with me today in paradise, you know, and they're like, well, that's different. I'm like, how? (laughs) So so I'm glad you brought that passage up because I think that's a good... um, a good example of you don't have to be baptized. Yeah, because the baptism, remember John says, I'm baptizing you with water, and that's what we baptize with. The, right. the guy that's coming after me, he's going to baptize you with fire and the Holy Spirit. In other words, when Jesus, when we become a Christian, and I think I used that Romans passage, it was to show that, that, that then we are then baptized into his death. Mm-hmm. So even though we don't see it happening, the Holy Spirit baptizes, He overwhelms us, and He comes to live inside of us, and He changes us. Yeah, that, that inward change that we were talking about. And then, so we follow Him in baptism as that outward expression of that inward change. And that, that, uh, that example from the, from the 200 B.C., the guy with the recipe for pickles, you know, he used babto. Uh, which he, he says you bapto, you you dip, you put, you immerse the the pickle in the boiling water, and then you then you baptize baptizo, which is the baptism one, in, in the vinegar solution, and so it's basically in there in that jar, and it's there for how long it takes, but it's going yeah. to change. Right. You know, we believe it instantaneously. It happens yeah. at salvation. However, because sanctification is part of that becoming that pickle, I guess. So I'm no longer a cucumber. I'm a pickle now. I got a yeah. new name. I'm I no like longer Jeff, the example. lost person. I'm <laughs> Jeff, the Christian. You know, yeah. we've taken a new name, yeah. basically. So, 
So it's, it's interesting. It's um, to be clear with that analogy. It's the baptism of the Holy Spirit that yes, changes you. It's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that changes us and sanctifies the real us. baptism. Right. And so to to also be fair, because we said that there will be there will be people in heaven who who didn't get baptized by immersion in water. Yeah, but there will also not be people in heaven. Who did get water baptized? Yes, I believe that, and there will be people in heaven that got baptized as infants and will not be in heaven. Yes, um, because because we're trying just trying to make it clear, the water baptism doesn't that, that doesn't give you entrance into heaven. That doesn't save you. Right, but it's a symbol of spiritual baptism. Which is the vinegar solution that that does change you along with, with uh, uh, um, sanctification and all those yes. uh, the, the the Holy Spirit's process, yes. and so um, that's why I man where this falls in the book of Matthew where where Matthew three the baptism of Jesus falls is so crucial I think to the whole story. First off, it's super early in the book; it's yeah. before his ministry. Look what's right after it. Jesus goes into the wilderness to be tem- yes. tempted. He's led by the Spirit, by the way, to go into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. That's where he fasts first for 40 days, all those things. But the things surrounding, and I'm pretty sure this is one of two, or is this the only time where the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are listed specifically actively doing things in the same text. Well, you have the Mount of Transfiguration, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, have there. Okay, yeah. But this one is clearly on, and I didn't, and I didn't really go into all that too about uh, about the dove, and but yeah, you say yeah. yeah, God the Father speaking, God the Son being baptized, and God the Holy Spirit. Uh, alighted upon him, yeah. descended upon him. I had to do and that was research a, for that question. Yeah. I'm not. I'm and, not sure. And that was actually the sign for John to know yeah. he he is really the one. Yeah. And so once John saw that, um, you know, immediately after that, in in John's gospel it says the next day Jesus comes by and he tells these guys, "Hey, that's the one. He's the Lamb of God. Follow yeah. him." And they start following him. So that was kind of the inauguration into Jesus's ministry too. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's, I'm thinking maybe to. Maybe when Jesus is praying in the garden, like John 17, he's uh, praying. Well, his, high priestly prayer? Yeah, praying to the Father and with the Spirit. Well, spirit. yeah, but I mean, even so, like, these are like outward things that you can either see or hear. Right. Yeah, I think the transfiguration and probably this one. Uh, the ascension, maybe. When when he says... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time believing yeah. the Spirit's at either one of those in a tangible way. Where it can be seen or heard, because they see the spirit descending and they hear, I think verbally, mm-hmm. the voice of this God, and they son. see Jesus, right? And so, yes. this they see the spirit with the flame, but Jesus. Even is if there is some other other text, I think this is the most specific. Yeah, this yeah. is to the, the Trinity, yeah. like, which is really cool. That's yeah. just. Like, why that event? Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Why Why at the beginning of his ministry, before his ministry starts, why does this need to happen? And why Why is there such a, a, a big Well, a emphasis. lot of the commentaries did, and, and because that wasn't my 
purpose of the message. Yeah. My message is more focused on yeah, I agree. Yeah. the baptism part. Did talk about this was the inauguration of his ministry. Yeah. Like John was kind of like uh, being like a prophet priest because he's from a priestly family. That this was like Jesus' anointing and stuff too. So there's a lot of speculation, a lot of... Um, and, and the main thing too is that... that uh, that he was told he would see the Spirit descending upon Jesus. So it was like the sign for him to know this is the one. Even though in his heart he knew when Jesus walked up to him, this has got to be the one. Yeah. I like the way the way that uh, video, by the way, yeah. showed him saying, uh, he was getting ready to say the Lord, and Jesus starts spiritual when he, the word Lord comes out of his mouth. <laughs> but uh, I thought he would put up a bigger fight than the guy in the video did. <laughs> yeah. As yeah. far as like, hey, wait, hold on a minute. Yeah. You need to baptize me, Jesus. So, Which is but that, it was still a cool thing because it, and, and and because when it showed him get, I mean, when you see Jesus get under the water and brought back up, and you saw all of our people do the same thing, it just mirrors everything we were talking about, and it does mirror death, burial, and resurrection. I mean, there's just that you can't find sprinkling and pouring for baptism in the New it. Testament. You can't do it. For baptism, for this 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 um, this ordinance that we call as Baptist, um, you know, there's people that try to make other claims, but they're not there. They're just, they're just not there. And even John John's uh, baptism, uh, I preached a message a few, I guess, a, this past year or something, where uh, we were going through the Acts for some some reason in in the the guys that were baptized under John's baptism, yeah. but they were preaching, yeah. they were preaching the gospel, and they're like, "How are you? Know, how do you know this? What baptism have you been baptized?" And they're like, "Just John's." They're like, "Well, you need to be baptized, you know, in Jesus." And so they did. They followed it. They followed Jesus and Jesus' baptism. So they got rebaptized. So um, because they wanted to be, you know, true believers' baptism. So I think clearly the scripture is showing that this is the right way. And even if I wasn't a Baptist, uh, I still in my heart of hearts would probably believe that, that this is the, the right way. And I could not probably be convinced any other way. If I was a true follower and believer of Christ and wanted to follow the New Testament, that's the only really pattern example I could follow, which is Jesus's. Right? Well, a lot of our convictions as Baptists surrounds this because even like regenerate church membership mm -hmm. is a big part of this and uh, obviously uh, believers baptism is a big part of our doctrine so if we didn't believe in believers baptism there'd almost be no point in being baptist right i mean because that's really where all our distinctives are yes. from, from other faiths well and the thing too is uh, other denominations i should say is uh, we believe too that you have you have to be the one the, the only really individual thing about the church is each individual is accountable to God and each individual has to make that faith commitment themselves mm -hmm. as much as Jeremiah loves his two children mm -hmm. he's never ever 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 going to be able to get get saved or get them saved by making a decision for them mm -hmm. As much as he would want to, uh -huh. they're going to have to come to that point. Right. And so, um, what causes a lot of people uh, some stress, I guess, on this is that decisions were made for them by well-meaning people because of their church tradition, and then um, uh, they have a hard time going against what they were taught and what their church tradition is. 
Uh, and I understand that clearly. That's why we don't really pressure people. You know, uh, we just present the gospel and present the message of God. And if he's speaking to somebody's heart and they get convicted, they do. I can't, it'd be the same thing if I'm trying to convince you to do something that someone else did something for you, uh, for you. Uh, it goes back to what we were talking about. You, we, if I can convince you something, then somebody else can convince you out of it. Mm-hmm. So we just have to let the Holy Spirit work and move and, um, and convict people and convince people. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but we do believe that the only individual thing we have is individual salvation. We make a commitment, faith commitment on our own. But once we do that, we become part of this body, this community, as opposed to, hey, you're part of the community uh, because of what we did for you, right. now you're part of this body. Well, no, you really didn't have a choice in it. And then later on in life, you come back and say, "Well, I agree with all that. That I agree with the decision that was made for me." Well, that that still doesn't really um, it doesn't really follow the biblical pattern, yeah. and because I mean, clearly the people that John was preaching to were people that were able to talk and confess their sins and make commitments. They were able to travel two or three days journey. Um, and most of the people um, that, that we see get baptized are older people. Uh, now, of course, in the New Testament, you're considered a man or a girl at 12 years old. So yeah. most of them probably were. And that's where the whole 12 years confirmation thing comes in. Like age of accountability. Yeah. And so, for example, like um, my wife, Eileen, she, she got made a faith commitment when she was five, and she says it's real, and she understood it, and her mom and dad led her to the Lord and all that thing. But for baptism, uh, her mom and dad said, we don't want you to be baptized until you feel like you're willing to die for Jesus. And so she was like 12 years old when she was finally went forward to get the baptism. So she had a seven-year period between her salvation and her baptism right so there's no real wait i mean somebody could come and wait i mean especially with children we've had children make a commitment that waited two or three years or the parents wanted them to be at least 12 or something like that that's that's fine nobody's there's no problem with that but it still it has to be where the person whether they're five or or in that in our case yesterday 70 to 72 Okay, that was the age range. They, seven, it, seven to seventy-two. Mackenzie was seven. Okay, I got. It. I believe, yeah. and yeah. then seventy-two was how old uh, Dale was. So that's a big range of people yeah. that that made a faith commitment and followed Christ. But it was people that were able to do that on their own, not someone making the decision for them. So, yeah, that's uh, that's good, and I guess what we're what we really want to stress is is that this is not necessarily essential, but it's it's about obedience. It's about following the example of Christ. It's about following the pattern of Christ. But we're not trying to sit here and convince people that they're not going to heaven based on whether they were baptized as a baby or not. But we do want to emphasize, like, if, if we're want, wanting to live an obedient life to Christ, which is what a Christian is, then we believe this is what it means to obey Christ. Because let's, let's just let's get off this subject and let's take the logic of the one who's like, 
I'm, I'm saved, but I don't want to do believer's baptism, right? Well, if you take that logic to other areas of our lives, you're going to, I mean, that's just bad logic, right? It's, it means I'm going to follow Christ, but I'm not going to follow him here, right? That's leaving conditions on our obedience to Christ. And so we're not saying you're not going to heaven because we, we all fall. We all struggle. And um, there's going to be areas where we're disobedient, right? But right. but the idea is that if, if you're going to walk with Christ and ultimately your sanctification means you're moving closer to Him and looking more like Him and trying to be obedient to Him, I think this is one area where you can do that and do it publicly um, and, and just be an encouragement to others. So like I said, don't... I'm trying to think of a, another example, but let's just say that you you, you decide you're going to follow Christ, but you're not going to pray. Mm. We would have a serious issue with that. Like, what, what do you mean? It's like, why are you purposefully... Or you just don't take the Lord's Supper. Like, every time it comes, you just refuse to take it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like... I'm not going to remember the Lord's death. Like, why? <laughs> why, the like, why are you purposefully I, I not doing yeah. this? I don't, you know? want, I, just, I don't want to eat the cracker or whatever. Yeah. And so that kind of logic, when it takes into its logical conclusion, has problems. But for whatever reason, some some of us have a reservation when it comes to baptism, maybe because there's so many different views among denominational life and that type of thing. Um, but ultimately, it, it for us, it's about obedience. And it's about following Christ's pattern. Right, and... Well, and the Great Commission says, go and make disciples, baptizing them. And we, we cannot yeah. not tell people, you need to be baptized. Which I was going to bring that up. Yeah. It might be weird. They're like, why are they baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? That's a big part of baptism. But I, that, that's present at Jesus' baptism. That's true. He that's talks true. about it in the Great Commission. So like beginning of his ministry, very end of his so ministry. Trinitarian. That's kind of a big deal to baptize in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So to get started in the right place. Um, well, that's another reason... Believing in the Trinity is so important. Not necessarily fully understanding it, but believing in it and affirming the Trinity is so important because without the Trinity, the baptism of Jesus, I think there's some kind of some holes there. It might not make as much sense without the Trinity, but the Trinity in uh, Matthew 3 here seems to make it circle all back around, make it make sense. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's so, what John's own words say in John yeah. that uh, if he hadn't seen that sign, then Jesus would have just been another person. He'd still be out there baptizing, waiting for this guy to show up. Right. And so two, I think it was, it was the sign that, that put the seal of approval that he's the Messiah. Follow him. And I think you have a clear picture of Jesus' deity and his humanity here, too, because he is getting baptized. He is being an example for us. But you see the deity part with the Trinity coming in, with yeah. the Father sending the dove and the Spirit, with the. Um, the Spirit of God descended on him like a dove. So, And what God says. Yeah. He this says, is this beloved. is my beloved Son, which is obviously quotes from the Old Testament. Well, and then when he actually really dies and he's buried, it's the Holy Spirit that rises him yeah. from the dead. Right. You know. Yeah, and, and so what? why this is so important to us is because the gospel is important to us. Right. Not that baptism is the gospel, but the way we do baptism should proclaim the gospel most clearly. And so because the gospel is important to us, we we want to do baptism right so that we're proclaiming the right message, meaning that if you're going to be a believer, then you must die to yourself 
take up your cross is what Luke 9.23 says. It says, take up your cross daily. But you die to self. Or uh, Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. So you die to yourself. Uh, and that's, that's the first kind of part of baptism. And then you're raised to new life, meaning you're raised up. You're, you're a Which new is creation. Quote. Yeah, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, we're a new creation. Uh, we have we receive a new ministry and reconciliation, yeah. and and so there's there's the death part and the raising up part, which is, um, which is why because when you see it, it's like there's only a few things we get to see when we see the gospel rather than just hear yes, the gospel. Right. And another one of those is obviously the Lord's Supper, which is something that's uh, essential to like the life of the church, and so. Um, yeah, fellas, that will that will pretty much wrap it up. Any final thoughts? And then I think we covered a good amount. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that yeah. was a good discussion. And if and if you're out there and you have questions about baptism, we're 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 willing to meet with people and talk with them. Yeah. We met with Dale and Amy and uh, had a good discussion with them. Um, and we just we'll just be praying for you. I mean, one one final thing about baptism because we are Baptist, uh, we believe that the baptism then. Uh, is your entryway into becoming a bot, uh, part of the, the the local congregation here, um, and so that's one plus. If you're if you're a Christian, even if you were sprinkled or had a different kind of baptism or baptized as a child, but you became a born again believer and or you made a faith commitment later on, and you understand you were the one making the commitment to 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 be part of our church family and body. Um, and all the um, benefits that will come of that, as far as service and things like that. Now we let we let people serve in many many ways without becoming a member of our church because we think that's part of making disciples. But to be a full voting member and all that, and to be able to serve in other capacities where it maybe requires ordination or something, then really you would probably you would need to um, be baptized in order to be able to do that. So, but doesn't mean we're going to love you any less or think bad of you or anything like that. It just means that we want you to be obedient and you follow God's leadership. Don't follow our our leadership if you follow what God would have you to do. And I we're here there to support you and be with you no matter what. I think that's a good word. Yeah. That's a good word. So what are we doing next week? Uh, well, I'm thinking about uh, look looking at Zacchaeus. Oh. The wee little man. And a wee little man was Chapter 19 of Luke. (laughs) Uh, And kind of like, just look at his story again. I know I've preached on this before, but um, I think Eileen's going to try to give a little report when she met with the Harringtons and a little bit going on with her mission trips. I'm kind of using that as a way of looking at Jesus again, uh, interacting with Zacchaeus, somebody that would be an unlikely follower of Christ. For us and our setting here, when we go out and about hmm. to look for those Zacchaeus, hmm. yeah, that would that would be good. So, um, pray for us. Pray for Jonathan. He will be back Sunday. Uh, pray for Autumn and David and Clark. If you know them, they all start college this week. Big step in their lives. So, uh, and just and just pray for our church that we would stay on fire, that we would stay focused on Jesus, and continue to promote Him. Uh, and just kind of ride this wave that he's got us on. Absolutely. We're excited I'm about thankful it. thankful for it. I uh, hope it never ends. And it, and it won't. I know for eternity, God will continue to work. That's right. Um, so uh, I'm going to wrap this up, and we'll see you all on the next one.